Hello there everyone and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Sight to be with you. This is episode 4 in season 2. Now my guest this episode is uh, Rosie from Safe in Our World. Absolutely incredible person. You know when you just click with someone and you just you just like that's it you know and it's going to be a great chat. This is that. This episode we talk everything content creation, working in mental health, video games, music. This is just such a wholesome and wonderful chat. I really, really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. One thing I do want to say is there's a little bit of strong language here. Um, All the links you need are going to be attached below to wherever you found this episode. And we actually pre-recorded this. So this was like beginning of uh, the year, a few months elapsed before it released. So like I'm very, very happy to say Rosie is now streaming that's something that she has done it's excellent definitely check that out a link will be below all that business um the safe in our world uh, bundle event was fantastic as well it was incredible so don't worry too much about that it's not like a major thing i just wanted to highlight those two points but this was a great episode i hope you enjoy it bye bye hello there everybody and welcome back to another absolutely terrific episode of sight to be with you i'm your host christopher leach it is a pleasure and a privilege as always to share the stage with another incredible guest this one is gonna be fire and i can predict this with a very good certainty i was about to make a stats joke but i refrained um so praise me for that Um, but yeah this is gonna be a great little chat as ever general sort of content warnings you know the themes of the channel the themes of the show mental health gaming all things like that any other specific ones you will hear in post-production otherwise all that remains for me to do is pass over to you my very special guest please if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do maybe a little bit about why yeah absolutely uh, apologies because as soon as we started going the cat started scratching at the door and i had to like really run to go and grab him um because he's just got perfect timing but hi i'm rosie <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me on the show i feel like there's a little bit of pressure now because you've said i'm going to be fire and that's like i don't live up to expectations very well <laughs> well i think already you know you're, you're already being so so humble already in what you're trying to do so i wouldn't or worry just about like that. pure chaotic <laughs> But um, yeah, I always struggle with like, I always have like a bit of an existential crisis when people ask me who I am, <laughs> what I do, because I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of here, just doing it. But, so what, what's um, your official like job title then? Let's go from that. My official job title is a charity officer for Safe in Our World, which is uh, a video games mental health charity. Okay, excellent. So that's like, that's the official. And then what does that actually, what does that mean? Oh, it means a lot of things because the charity itself is pretty small. At the moment, there are two full-time employees and one part-time, which basically means that everything that the charity does, one of the three of us are doing it. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a broad scope of things. Um, and I always try to tell people that my colleague Sarah and I, when we first joined, we were the first two employees and we kind of divided it up the workload as to how we wanted to do it and I took all of the fun things and she took all of the officially boring things and so what that means for me is that I get to um, manage the website I get to run a podcast for the charity I get to do the social media management I get to talk to a lot of our ambassadors and our patrons and our champions and just all around have a bit more of a fun time I think (laughs) 
Well, it, it's it's funny you should mention that because I think it's important to sort of say from a disclosure perspective that Rosie and I know each other because I am a Safe Not World champion. Uh, if you've been on the show with us before, you've been on the channel before, you'll know I'm uh, very proud to wear their emblem on stream uh, during stream hours. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of how we know each other. So you, you you describe yourself as having the fun bit, but I have, believe it or not, met people in my life who love admin and just just love admin. So oh no, I mean it's not the worst thing, but like if I was to pick admin or podcast, I know which one I'm going to go for. Well, I mean I'm on a podcast right now, so exactly. I feel like it's maybe it's too meta to talk about podcasts and podcasts, but well, I, I mean <laughs> you say that, but the Safe in Our World podcast. Let's hear a little bit more about that. If you please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's it, like my it's, baby. <laughs> it's lit. Like, I know you shouldn't maybe like, I don't care about adding other people's podcasts on this podcast. You can you go listen to that after you've listened to this. Maybe stop here, listen to that, then come back so you can hear more about <laughs> Rosie. You know, work, work, whatever works for you. That's fine. I mean, yeah, you get full context. Um, we've got a whole introductory episode where we talk about what we do. But That's now I, also on YouTube, I, I believe. It's now on YouTube. It's also now on Apple Podcasts, which I sorted today. It was like the bane of my existence for a long time. And then I finally got it sorted. So that was fun. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the podcast is is very close to my heart. I I initially pitched the idea a few few months ago now, I guess, because the first episode was back in September. um, And it was after... We have like meetings at work every every 10 a.m. every day and we would chat just so much shit and we were like this is maybe this is entertaining um and we joked about starting a podcast where we just talk about like us three and what we're doing in safe in our world and then I thought actually like seriously maybe we should do a podcast and maybe we should talk to lots of different guests about it and so I was just like yeah I'm just gonna do it let's go for it and so we started it off um and it's been a blast so far like we've had we've had eight episodes go out so far um we've had some brilliant guests and i feel very lucky to be able to be in charge of that i should stress that uh, at the time of recording it'll probably be more than that by the time you're probably hearing this just to be uber meta i guess um, oh yeah yeah that on, is true on the apple podcasting <laughs> like Oh my! Like, say, like, why is podcast distribution like? I know, like, in twenty twenty two, like, everyone has a podcast, but like, why is it such a faff to get your podcast distributed to places? Oh, I really don't know. Like, I had it on Anchor, and then it just like it wanted me to jump through so many hoops to put it on Apple Podcasts, and I just gave up after a while. And then someone sent me a sassy tweet, and I was like, oh, maybe I should just do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, so it's funny you mention that because like this this show is hosted on Anchor also. And like, I, all the other auto distribution worked fine, except, so I ended up having to contact support, which I legitimately think is the only reason I managed to get it to work. Because I was just like, can you, can you not just sort this out? It said it would be fine. It's taken like three yeah. weeks. Please make it happen. I think it's, it's got really difficult ever since Spotify bought out Anchor. <laughs> yeah. Would which you, makes sense. Well, you, it, it makes less sense because you think they'd have more money behind them. No, but they don't, that's a competitor. Apple Podcasts is their competitor, right? So why would they make it easy for people to go there instead of Spotify? Because they always push Spotify a lot more, don't you think? Well, yeah, that's maybe true. Whereas I try and just be like, listen, wherever you find your podcasts, I don't really care. It doesn't really make any difference to me. Exactly. <laughs> it's just another way to listen. It's great. I just want you, the listeners, to hear these incredible conversations with these incredible people. 
Uh, sorry, yeah, we digress. <laughs> Apologies. We digress. <laughs> so, uh, distribution of work and safe in our world, um, mental health gaming charity. Now, obviously, I'm very okay with that. Can you can you give us the skinny a little bit more on what that is? Uh, on safe in our world in general. Yes, yeah, so like just you know, for for say someone who who um, like video games, mental health, like what? Yeah, I used to be like that. Um, so, I. I guess I kind of found out about what Safe in Our World is in a, in a unique way because uh, at the time I was working for a first aid charity and I was working at the Nightingale Hospital in the XL in London. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to someone about video games uh, who's actually one of our trustees now. And they mentioned that they worked or they they were a trustee for, for Safe in Our World. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, oh, it's a mental health games charity. And again, I, for a lot of people who don't know that, what it is they'll be like what does that mean like I don't understand um and she talked to me a lot about it and it kind of clicked in my head because it's the point of safe in our world is kind of twofold in the sense that we're here for people who play games but also people who make them and so for people who play games a lot of people may not even like subconsciously feel better because they're playing games because it's an escape for them it, they find solace in it it's it's somewhere where they can go that's not real life for a little while they can learn about themselves within video games they can connect to characters within video games like there's so many different relationships that you can have between games and mental health that people may or may not be aware of and when she started talking to me about it it was it became very obvious in my head that that's something that I had that I just never considered before and I think that's kind of the case with a lot of different people as well especially streamers and content creators um because that's something that they can build their work on and with with games as well so that's kind of like one side of it and the other side is the industry itself because for those who might not know um the games industry can be a bit of a tough place to work in um specifically for a lot of marginalized groups but within that Mental health is, is intrinsically connected between the two and a lot of people disproportionately suffer from mental health issues compared to other industries, specifically within the UK, but globally as well. And so one of the things that we try to do within Safe in Our World is create initiatives to be able to support people who work in the industry. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, the very basic structure to safe in our world <laughs> now you're saying i want to cut that to film and we i need to ship that to safe in our world because that i think is one of the most brilliantly apt descriptions of why what you're doing is important that oh, was that was you. really good that was like oh i felt it I, I say that a lot but like i feel like i nailed that one <laughs> that one that oof, that was good um so i think you know oh. The the industry, I think, is a part of it. It's half of it. You know, it's, it's half of the coin. You know, I uh, again, I've spoken on this show about sort of Take This, which is a a, a parallel charity over in the US, uh, a similar mm-hmm. mandate and mission. I think um, I, again, like I sort of found Safe in Our World through um, a, a another Take This streaming ambassador who was part of the twenty twenty one class as am I, who was also a Safe in Our World champion. I was like, Safe in Our World, what's this business? And then looked in, I was like, oh, a UK charity. And obviously being much more closer to home for myself, I was like, where do I sign? Like, get get me in. I want to be involved in any way, shape or form. Um, and that sort of brought me to yourselves. Like, that mission is very important. Um, obviously, I look at it through, like, the other end of the telescope. 
maybe and that i'm not maybe like directly involved in uh industry but i am in research uh obviously sure. you know i was wild enough to go you know what let's do a phd in video games about mental health to try and reduce that's great though I, i'm in students. <laughs> that's let's do some science <laughs> and I found, though, specifically that there there isn't that much research in video games and mental health, at least not that much that isn't biased. Well, in, in there sort of lies, I think, the problem. And I think I've spoken to a lot of great people uh, who are involved in design, like people who are like from like IGGI up in York and, and slash London. Um, they're like an, an educational establishment in the UK that breeds sort of uh, doctoral students who do game design. Um for those that don't know, um, and like I, I, you know, I've spoken to people like them, and they're like, we, we need psychologists. We need people who, who study games and know them and can help us build better games because, you know, that's that's the point. A, for both the content, but also to help facilitate better workplace environments and also help manage sensitive topics because, uh, you know, mental health is universal. It's something we all experience, um, right? And I think for for me, and, I, and, and again, I'm being too centric to myself. This is your interview. Um, but one of the things that really drew me to no, say, no, it's a world, discussion. <laughs> one of the things that drew me to say, from my world was like, yes, like more people that are on the same mission that I am. And I think that's like, that's a very collective sort of unity to get behind. Yeah, I have to say, like, I've never seen such a a ferociously passionate group of people come together over the same cause like everyone who is interested in safe in our world is so passionate and so excited to do to change uh to make change happen and to do good in in games and it's really refreshing because there's no there's very little negativity within the actual charity itself because everyone just wants to help each other so yeah it's a really nice um nice atmosphere but it's not it's not all work. You are a, a multifaceted, multi-talented individual. <laughs> uh, I know, because again, I know you, about some of the other projects that you've got going, but do you want to sort of share a bit, a bit more about those? Yeah. I feel like I'm just a, a podcast maniac. But that's not the right word. A podcast... Aficionado. Fanatic. Well, that's fancy. I like that. Um, yeah. I just do podcasts. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I run a podcast um, with my friend Renji from Scotland and it's called the Content Cafe and it is basically about mental health within content creation. Um, it's, I would say it's half, half, half informative, half comedy <laughs> or like maybe 60% memes <laughs> and jokes, but um, it's very telling and reflective of how we cope with mental health. Um, and so I think it kind of, it's very reflective of, of us <laughs> as people. Um, and I, I have a lot of fun with that podcast as well. So I do that once a week uh, at the moment. I also have like a little community called Kind Creatives, which is for mental health creators to collaborate, to get to know each other, to get ideas off each other, to, to, bounce, to bounce ideas off each other, to ask each other questions, to get reassurance on things, just because... When I first started that podcast, I was really nervous about how, I guess, how I was coming across, what was okay, what wasn't. Was I being as inclusive as I possibly could be? Was I being responsible enough? And so there was a lot of questions kind of going around in my head. And I just thought there's probably not 
that's not just me. Like there's a lot of people trying to create content that's, you know, focused around mental health or more mental health friendly that probably have the same questions and have had the same struggles. So I just kind of, it was a throwaway tweet at the time. I put out a tweet just to say like, hi, I'm interested in getting to know more mental health creators within this space. Like if you're on Twitch, if you're a podcast or if you're YouTube, if you're a writer, like whatever it is. And so many people replied <laughs> and it was really nice and really comforting. Um, and so I was just like, I'll just kind of throw this into a discord. And I, I wish I had more time to dedicate to it right now because I love the idea, but also I'm, I don't want to be too, um, what's the word? I don't want to burn out for the sake of doing it because that defeats the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's like focus on our mental health guys as I burn myself to ashes. Exactly. So I kind of just use it as a nice little community to fall back on and to ask questions if I need to, but I don't feel any pressure with it, which is quite freeing in a way. I, again, for, for the benefit of disclosure, I'm also part of Kind Creatives because I mean, you if, you had, if you hadn't guessed already, mental health content creation is my baby. It was like a magnet. I put out the tweet and you just came running. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, things to do? Yes let's get involved you can't more responsibilities a... sign me up <laughs> you can't have enough subquests you know all that xp is gonna help in the end i love it <laughs> i i say that and you know, like i'm not not to sort of plug myself but i mean like even just through through kind creatives directly i i've made connections with people that led me to being on shows and meeting wonderful people um and i think the structure of it is really nice you, you say about energy but i think like you know let's let's you know real talk content creator real talk right no one likes getting loads of at everyone pings on Discord, right? No one. No, no oh my gosh, no, no I hate it. That. So let's be honest, it's quite nice that it's a chill little Discord. It's quite quiet. That's nice, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think quite I like prefer it. Like very chill. Not a lot of notifications because, like, uh, you know, that notification—you just you go on there's like eight, diff- oh, all the dots, and you're like, oh no. Yeah. How many? How many servers are you in right now? <laughs> I. That is a very good question. Like, I, I'm trying to keep it, it sounds like savage, but like as low as possible. Because no, I don't think that's savage. I think it's smart. <laughs> like, you know, I was, I, again, someone um, I interviewed with, uh, Wabba Streams, great, like, person. Um, and like, they were like, oh, you know, like, come on Discord, that's all chat. And I was like, just so you know, I will probably leave because Discord <laughs> servers, like, at, you know, between you, me, and the gatepost. I'm aware I'm on a podcast. That's a joke. Like I'm in discords that like I I don't I don't have the capacity to interact with. But I'm just not bold oh, enough to, to leave. <laughs> no, I mean especially if they've got leave notifications. Like don't do that. <laughs> that makes everyone feel so guilty. <laughs> but you know I'm in so many, and I just categorize them now to the point where most of them are muted, and I kind of feel bad about it. But I know that if I really need to, I can get on there and talk to people. So. I just think you've got to prioritize you. Like no one's going to be um, active in like more than five or six servers, I don't think. And especially if you do them for work, it just becomes more of a task. So I have just cut the safe, safe in our world servers. We originally had four. Now we've got two, which is four. delightful <laughs> because we had champions, ambassadors, public and staff. And now we just have public and staff and we've Heavens merged everything and it's great. Oof. I know, I know. So that was a that was a wonderful decision to start the new year is to just axe some servers and make things more efficient. 
especially when I think in my experience, like, and it's not, it's not saying all peoples are the same, but you end up following a bit of a layout roadmap, and then like, there's only like, how many servers questions of the day do you re- do you reply to? <laughs> you know, how many yeah. different servers are you going to drop that picture of your dog or cat in? Like, yeah, it's a great photo, oh but like even like the physical <laughs> effort of like going through them all. Especially if you know that there are people who are in the same servers as you and they've definitely seen you post it more than once because then it's like embarrassing because you're like, I know that you've already... And if they react to it in both servers, like what an MVP, but also how embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely like... Uh, when you take on the added responsibility of community management, that's definitely like another layer of like, I'm going to use the word effort. It's maybe not the right word, but like just, just the amount of energy one has to put into it. Um, yeah. So like, I'm a big fan of like, I've, I've done it in like my own little server Um links attached to wherever you found this. Um, <laughs> <of> just like, <laughs> I, I don't everyone, unless it's like a big event or a big piece of news, I instead have a dedicated role people can sign up to optionally. Because there's another thing I've seen another server again that will remain nameless, um, that like didn't everyone ping, but as soon as you signed up, you got a role that was four pings. So like oh, that wasn't so like you a, couldn't pick it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like an opt in; it was an opt out. Uh, and I much more prefer opt in personally. So like, you know, oh, totally agree. Because then you actually get people who are genuinely interested. So the engagement to uh, impression rate is going to be way better. <laughs> People actually care about it. Like that's what we've got with the safe one, and that people can sign up if they want just charity news. If they want, uh, oh god, I can't remember other things. Community <laughs> nights, like game nights and stuff. Like there's lots of there's little different things that you can do, and I like that. And I've seen it in a lot of different content creator servers as well, where they're like, if you want my going live pings, you can sign up here. If you want my new video on YouTube pings, sign up here. Like there's a lot of nice little things. It's good. I think that's nice community management. I say that as someone who is not an expert, but, you know, someone who's in Discord servers, I guess. But what do sure. I know? I'm speaking to the professional. <laughs> as as I'm <laughs> You're <concerned>. really not. <laughs> I've only been in this sort of role for, like, a year and a bit, a year and a half. So I'm really not, like, an expert on anything. I'm definitely still learning as we go. And I think anyone who doesn't say that is either a liar or is like really a veteran in, in this sort of thing so i think especially with something like community management with social media just like booming in the past few years it's it's becoming different like day by day at this point mm-hmm. so yeah it's a weird one i really enjoy it though so we've kind of tapped into i'd say like the few of the main things that you get up to right um and you gave us your job title uh charity officer right um do you are you so bold as to call yourself a content creator oh no i don't know this question i don't like this question <laughs> i think you don't because have to i answer. don't know oh, it's I, so hard because it's like technically i create podcasts technically on a technicality i would say yes but I don't feel like I've earned the title, which is such a dumb thing to say, because if it was to, if it was me talking to someone else who'd done one thing, I'd be like, yeah, you can, you can call yourself a content creator. Like, whatever, it's fine. Shouldn't be a big deal. But for some reason, assigning that label to myself is like a huge deal for me, what? and I just won't do it. That's fair. I asked because, you know, you, you mentioned like a year and a half sort of experience in the role. I mean, look at the setup for, for listeners' benefit. There's a nice professional microphone and headset. You know, like that's the business, you know? Like, I, know. I was very say... picky when it came to 
well, this was for work. And I was like, if we're going to do a podcast, we're going to do it right. And so expensive. <laughs> they were like, okay, do you do what you need to do? I was like, right, we're getting mic arms, we're getting mics, we're getting good quality things. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and they just kind of let me do it, which was really nice. Um, but it, I definitely think it gave me the confidence to be able to do it properly because just before I got these, I had on the Content Cafe podcast, I'd already started and it was like with a really terrible mic and it just wasn't very good quality and it made me really sad and it didn't make me proud to release it. So it it helps having stuff like this for sure. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to go to work in reverse order. Uh, and you mentioned that sort of like kind creatives, you haven't, um, you like keeping it very low maintenance. It's meant to be an organic mm-hmm. space, which is great. Um, could quickly just talk a little bit about the structure there. Because I know like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of designated the role as mentor, which is incredibly flattering. But what, what was sort of your thought process in, in creating those sort of tiers, if you will? Yeah, I think I had really grand ideas when I first started, but then became quite muted down I suppose um and so the original idea that I had which if I had more time to dedicate to it was probably a lot more like detail (laughs) but uh, I wanted it to be mentors of people who have talked about mental health a lot within their communities within their content and are able to give advice on behalf of the community to be able to offer more support to people and that's kind of why I picked more people to because I want if someone came in and they were a really small time content creator or they never talked about mental health before they can look through a bunch of people and think okay who do I think maybe would represent my style of of content or might be more relevant I suppose to me and then they could ask people questions directly or they could throw it out there to everyone and just kind of see like see what sticks but I liked the idea of having people who I know deliver good like good quality content and talk in a responsible way about mental health to kind of signpost people towards i suppose seal of approval let's go you heard it here first yeah i mean i don't know what that means because it's just me being like yeah they're great (laughs) i mean someone that works for a mental health gaming charity who is also a content (laughs) creator is that not qualification in of itself i don't know I don't know. I don't hold my opinion that highly, but <laughs> it's nice that you do. I mean, why Why wouldn't I? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no evidence uh, to the contrary, you know what I mean? Like, But that's the thing. Like, I, I think at first I was really nervous that I was going to make mistakes. And then I kind of realized, like, everyone is going to make mistakes at some point. Like, it really, mistakes aren't the issue because it's how you react to them and how you better yourself in doing so. And Without, there are no rules when it comes to talking about mental health. I think that needs to be quite clear is that people, everyone has a different experience. And as long as you're being responsible in the way that you're speaking about it, then I don't think there are any real rules on how you can explain your own experiences, I guess. Like, obviously, I have feelings about people trying to give others advice because I don't think that's smart or responsible. But um, Or, or let, let, you know, Pompon cash cash, as they say in Portuguese, let's call the spade a spade. That is unethical. For if you if you're a clinician yeah. from a clinical, they have a code of ethics. In in research, we have a code of ethics. That's why we have governing bodies. It's it's yeah exactly. In, in a and even content... if you are a professional, like you still can't give people 
advice unless you're their professional. Yeah, like <laughs> and you're not because if the content creators, it's different. So yeah, I I totally agree, and I think it's that aside. I think everyone should be able to talk about mental health. Um, but I think people are scared to do it because they don't want to do anything wrong and they'll tiptoe around the subject instead of just being honest about it. And I think I want to encourage more people to be able to broach the topic without fear, <laughs> I guess. Well, that makes sense. I think so that that kind of ties into my next sort of question. But do you think, you know, it's a back burner project. It's when you have time. Life is life. Mm. Do you see that maybe like being the future of kind creatives? I would love it to be the future of it. I think it's really hard because I I love my job. Like right now, what I do, I, I love it so much. And I kind of wish there were more hours in the day to be able to do what I want to do because there's so many projects that I see going on that I'm like, that looks so fun. I'd love to do it. And then I'm like, but for my own mental health uh, and capacity, I'm going to say no or I'm not going to reach out about it because that's the thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But... I mean, in an ideal world, yeah, that would be amazing. Like I've always considered, still sort of considering branching out into streaming myself at some point to actually like... Where do I sign off? Have a go. Let's make this happen. I'm scared, but I, I want to try it. <laughs> if I can do it, you anyone can do it. I'm, I'm going to make like... my not resolution, but kind of resolution to, to try a stream before the end of the year. I will do it. That will be like... And may like look like you know i will send you a clip of like my <laughs> earliest streams and you'll be able to laugh so hard about how bad it is right but i, I was think like, that's it though like I'm, I'm too much of a perfectionist and i know what i want in my head but it's not going to be that way so it's it's so daft because i wouldn't give this advice to anyone else if they were to, to want to try it but just because it's me i'm like no you have to hold expectations way too high and then you'll just never do it <laughs> so I, I mean, it's I would amazing. say, like, the other way to do it is just, like, if you just press the button and just go for it, then, like, whatever happens, happens. That's how I kind of well, approach yeah, it. yeah, I agree. And that's how it should be. Like, that's what I did with the podcast, and I'm really happy with how it's going and how it's evolved since the beginning. And that's kind of the whole point of the journey is to see it evolve and to grow with it, right? But it's very daunting to know that you're creating something mediocre to begin with. <laughs> I think that's my hold, issue. Hold on. I don't... That's not... So we're not categorizing via quality because you know I think uh, one of one of my friends, a previous guest on the show, uh, Marco, he he sort of said even if you just press live though and you give it a go, like that's already a greater leap than many many people bother to make. Oh, it's great! great pride, like, like I have just a lot that. of respect to people doing that, one hundred percent. But I just, yeah, I think it's just the boundaries that I'm setting myself or the barriers I'm setting myself. I should really say that's preventing me from doing that and i want to be able to break them down by the end of the year to just go for it and see what happens because like going from being very socially anxious to the point where i would never do any public speaking unless i was literally forced into doing it like for my degree um i then went to starting a podcast for fun and i was like (laughs) The development is great. Like, I'm very happy that I've managed to do that because I wouldn't have thought I would ever be able to before. And so I'm kind of hoping to see the natural progression is to doing podcasts to then maybe doing streaming because then it's like video and podcasts sort of, but not really no, I see that. live, which is kind of scary. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would say the, the, the two are uh, two different heads of the Hydra, 
if that makes sense. Like, mm. again, I'm I'm talking from very limited experience, but I think from uh, streamers that I know and and sort of thing. Like, first first thing, it should be fun. The first thing I did when I streamed was like, hey, I kind of want to have a platform to talk about what I'm doing. My my career is very motivated behind that. I was like, mm. you know, but I, you know, I started streaming at the start of 2021, so you know, pandemic influences. Like, yeah, let's meet some people online. That'd be great. But I just picked up a game that I I hadn't played and wanted to play. So I was like, let's do it live, let's share the experience. And I, I deliberately chose like a narrative-driven game. I played Life is Strange. Because I was like, oh, we can have some discussion oh, about which the one? choices. The first one. Um, oh. uh, I, yeah, it was, it, was in a, it was a time. It was a time and a Feelings. place, an experience. <laughs> Emotions were high. <laughs> uh, yeah, not wasn't a huge fan, if I was going to be really honest. Oh, okay, okay. On the, on the broad That's fair. Thoughts. Yeah, it's a... uh, I love Life is Strange, but I can't play it very often because sometimes the cringe is too much. <laughs> uh, okay. We'll go down. So we'll go down uh... the tangent a little bit, but I just think like just some things just didn't seem to have had aged that well. I I kind of felt, uh, which is probably why the remaster yeah. touched it up. Um, but also like the the lack of content warnings at certain points was a bit yikes, and its representation. Oh God, of... yeah people with disabilities was just upsetting <laughs> there's no other way and then yeah, like and I then it goes like david lynch at the end and i was like whoa that's really quite yeah, strange it was a lot yeah i uh it's been a while since i've played it the, i like, i also think now. a thing that impacted my experience was that i just played it all in one go um like you know not like Ooh, not sorry not yeah. in one session but like i you didn't have oh to i was gonna say episodes. that's a lot it was sure. originally episodic right and it was sort of released in mm. parts i think that definitely changed my perspective of it but like from like a, a gaming standpoint one of my key things was that i kept forgetting the whole point of the main quest and if you're forgetting like your main plot narrative because it's just sort of hitting you with other stuff to do i was like yeah and that's like i'm not like just dunking on the game i haven't made a game i'm not a game developer they touched on a lot of important yeah, but you stuff. don't have to have made a game to be able to have a view on it right <laughs> i think i think you should play true colors because that's a much more finished polished experience in my opinion and i have just finished it and i loved it a lot <laughs> um i haven't played it yet got... when it first came out there was a lot of talk like in sort of the, the mental health community of like oh they're kind of perpetuating the idea of empathy as a superpower Ooh, let's see how they handle yeah. this um i haven't seen too many critical reviews of it um i generally have heard it's got good reception but i, I haven't i mean who who's got time to play games right like <laughs> me <laughs> i say that i had the code for like six months and i just haven't played it so <laughs> it's just uh it's about timing but no i i think i generally enjoyed the game and didn't think too much into it but i could probably go into a deep dive at some point I've actually scheduled um, <laughs> to go and have a drink with a friend this week to do a deep dive about Life is Strange because I nice. finally finished it. And they were like, I need someone to talk to you about it. <laughs> so um, that should be fun. But yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah. So sorry, we digress. So yeah, like just pick a game you want to play, share that with people. Like that's, I think, part of the thing. And just like, you know, there are no rules, right? There are no rules. Like if you don't want to have your webcam on, don't have your webcam on. Just go full screen game, go chill vibes. It's all good. Like, you know, I just kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. It was like, okay, let's get the best fit to this to start with. And I think um, the best piece of advice I've heard is from a streamer friend of mine, uh, Death United, and he's been doing, he's been in content creation for like nearly 
15 years at this point, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just like, just have fun. Like, that. If, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Because, like, you should be there to have fun. That's the principal aim, I think, of it. Yes, it's, it's difficult and it's time-consuming, but I think you touched on burnout before. You see a lot of people trying to get everywhere because the market... If, I don't like to use capitalist terms too much, but, like, the market is so competitive, it can be difficult mm. to even just, like, uh, meet people. Like, I'm I'm a absolutely crap Twitch streamer because... I don't spend that much time on Twitch. I don't network. I'm not in other people's chats. They're not like, I'm not meeting people that way, which is one of the biggest ways you grow your own audience, right? I stream once a week for a few hours and there are people's streams that I like wish I could watch. I just don't because I get way too involved, that kind of thing. Um, so just sort of like approach it with like, yeah, I'm just going to have fun. I will say um, in the first season of the podcast, I tried doing it live and sort of like recording it and stuff. It actually becomes really difficult because you're trying to like, manage chat and your guest and i i just found that i wasn't getting the the depth of conversation that i wanted i other people yeah. do it masterfully maybe that's just a skill thing with me um but no, i like i think it depends like we do it once a month generally with content cafe and luckily i don't i don't do the streaming side of it so i have quite a nice time because i'm just doing the podcast for me um but i will have it open to read questions and we just kind of have like a periodic timed message and chat that goes out to say like we're probably not going to see your message so just save it until the end and then people will ask it at the end which always helps a little bit but yeah it's always good if you've got moderators on there to help you out a little bit also true also true and i'll just come in and say hi to everyone hello bud excuse him um so just to dial back then we went on a, a nice wonderful walk around the tangent um so what sort of what's the content uh cafe is that that's the right words? I'm bumbling. Um, is that yeah? What, what's sort of next for that? Ooh, I mean, we've got grand plans for the content cafe, and nice. I don't know how much I'm allowed to share yet because also I don't want to be like we're going to do this and then we don't do it. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think we want to be more decisive with the editing. Mm-hmm. So we've we've changed up our editing style for the next episode, which is going out tonight. Uh, no, it's not because this is uh, in the past. Sometime in January. <laughs> um, and it's like a lot more snappy to the point. And I feel like it gets across our humor very well, but also doesn't drag. So people actually are really engaged at the whole thing, which is something I'm really excited about. We want, we want to branch out into more video-based things, not necessarily with us, but like, nice little screens that we could put up on on youtube and things like that there are people uh, listening this listening to this going editing exists he could edit this he chooses not to <laughs> there are people watching this going you can have moving video that isn't just their faces in a static foreground what no it's a stylistic choice it's effort as well like, this is why we haven't done any of it because it is time consuming to get the stuff sorted and that's one of the reasons why we haven't done it so far because we're both very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to do that. I think we want to explore like lots of different formats of, of the podcast anyway. Like we want to see more about live podcasts and how that would work with guests because at the moment we're kind of doing all of the guest podcasts are live rather than recording them separately, which is always interesting. But I think probably for the best because we have such a chaotic relationship trying to <laughs> to manage the podcast because we just it's got to the point now where we've done it too much and we're good friends enough that it's like 
I forget that we're doing a podcast sometimes. <laughs> and to have that, and then with added pressure of having a guest and not being like too chaotic, I find difficult. So if it's live on stream, we're a bit more toned down, ironically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got it sorted. <laughs> so what I'm hearing there is that actually there's two podcasts in there. There's one that is just two people, two like two hosts and a guest, and they've come round to, shall we say, like your your tea house and you're all just chatting away, and it's a very, very sort of natural experience. And then there's also like, oh, we do also do a formal set of questions on the side that's maybe less chaotic. No, I feel like it's formal, well, not formal, like relaxed questions on live with, with a guest and pure gremlin chaos on the normal podcast. It's just us bouncing off each other, and it's very loosely scripted. Nice. <laughs> and I think we're... It's enjoyable. Uh, I think we're looking to to see if we can fine tune it a little bit so we don't go off on so many tangents because we do. It's terrible. Like we, but as soon as we mentioned one thing, I think we had like a forty minute tangent at the start before we did an intro, and it's terrible. And I had to edit that. <laughs> it took me so long, um, and it wasn't something you couldn't not edit. Like it was, it was, you know, it was a thing. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been good to publish. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was that, but no, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And it's it's quite nice to have a much more relaxed conversation than my Safe in Our World one, which is probably a lot more formal, I would say, obviously, because I'm representing the charity, but because we've got some really great guests on there as well, it's, it's covering some very important topics, whereas the Content Cafe is more just like two friends catching up about mental health, mm-hmm. is how I would put it. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I've listened to both fan of both because again like of course i am um but yeah i think i think that you can you you can indicate the stylistic differences between the two certainly um but i think that one of the one of the big things i'd say for me is that both are both are treading some of the same ground in in a good way you know and that's not Mm -hmm. like that's like a, a, a a dunk i don't know why my that brain took a long time to string those words together but like yo, <laughs> no, me- no, mental health like that's the point you made before right and that you, it doesn't matter how you have the conversation yeah. just that you have the conversation yeah it's a different way and stylistic choice of having that conversation and i think that's what's important is that no one talks about it in the same way or not many people talk about it in the same way everyone's got their own take on it and so mm. you know you could be saying the same things in 18 different ways but as long as the message hits home and you you're entertaining in the way that you do it i think that's fine yeah exactly and i think you know yeah i also i just like the difference in that stylistic like idea like you know you have like two people chatting and that's like very i don't want to it's cliche like down to earth you know and then you've also got, oh, like, i get these, you like, yeah yo these professionals because again like you need both it exists on a spectrum right and that like yes these people who are working in the biz and have these experience and like yes we sit them down and it's formal interview but like as i say like it exists in both frames and like you know you you can have the conversation in those ways and get the different perspectives i think that's like the the beauty of like listening to both and you you've had some guests from like wide ranging your know, areas as well it's not like you ju- you know, you're just like just interviewing say like one area which is really cool huh. yeah yeah that would be no fun because then it would be like the same episode over and over again um it's it's nice to talk to so many people from different perspectives on the industry and mental health as well. Like we've got 
mental health professionals lined up. We've got purely game devs lined up. Like it's just going to be a really interesting mix to see how people respond to the same sorts of questions. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. And then sort of like anything else sort of uh, safe in our world wise, it's sort of uh, up and coming or like maybe even just like feelings of sort of what's, what's going on. For the podcast or just in general? Either. So podcast wise, pretty steady with the same sorts of stuff that we've been putting out at the moment. We've had a, a great response from people wanting to get involved. So content wise, we're, we're pretty sorted for a few weeks, which is really nice, nice uh, and a nice position to be in. For safe in our world wise, it's difficult to try and uh, plug anything without knowing when this is going to go live, but we will have a games bundle going out in February of 22. Um, and that will be a huge fundraiser for the charity. We also have the May fundraiser, which is Mental Health Month. It's going to be great. It's going to be a bunch of activities, um, podcasts included, panels, um, streaming, the whole shebang. Like Everything we want to do is going to be Mental Health Month, and it's going to be great. And I'm really excited to do that because it was a lot of fun last year, and that was the first time I like featured in streams properly. So. Yeah, carnage, but really good. Um, <laughs> so we've got that coming up. <laughs> um, we we have plans to continue with the Level Up program with my, my colleague Sarah, and she will be really pushing that forward, which I'm excited about. I don't know how much I can share right now on that, but uh, mm. that is also a plan. We want to do more training. Uh, obviously, we've just finished the free community manager training course, um, which... You went on, I believe. Yep. Uh, the first, the very first round that we've done, and I'm hoping that we're going to review and re, not publish. I don't know what the right word is. Re- let's just, let's Restart. go with re- re- re-augment. <laughs> yeah, that works. Um, because I think it, it had a lot of valuable lessons for a lot of different people and. We're hoping to be able to continue to provide that as a free resource for people because I think it's important. Uh, so that's something that we're going to be looking to do. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's funding funding dependent. So we will see. And there'll be a lot of things announced. So I guess the, the, the place that I would point you towards if you're interested in seeing what we're up to is probably the website, which is safeinourworld.org or just any of the social media accounts. Links attached to wherever you're engaging with this Thank right you. now. <laughs> uh, no, okay, that's fine. I mean, so it's it's. I, I also kind of want to tease this out for... Uh, listeners benefit but yo saving the world is a very new charity uh, in terms of like the yes. sector is has, is there anything I don't, maybe you don't know um but like what what sort of maybe the the five-year plan for the charity what sort of maybe the areas of growth that's this is just me being nosy now <laughs> we do have a, well we have a, a loose five-year plan we've got aspirations that we want to achieve but it's very much dependent on how we grow in the next few years um and so we have so many projects that we want to do, but obviously there's just two full-time people and one part-time. So it's, again, resource dependent. So there's huge plans to expand the podcast and video content within the charity, which is which is great. We want to be able to video, videofy people's hero stories and talking about mental health and almost have like a TED Talks version of people within the games industry talking about mental health, which could be really fun um we want to do more events want to hopefully work more closely with developers to be able to assess 
video game mental health representation, which would be ACE. If you need um, some we want uh, to... psychologists for that. <laughs> well, yeah, we actually, we want to be able to expand our clinical board a little bit more and be able to use them as efficiently as possible because we do have a clinical board. Um, but right now everyone is so busy, including the staff that we don't, we're not using them to the full advantage. I think we could. So that's a huge part as well. We want to massively upgrade the website. Um, we've got, that's probably not five-year plan. That's probably 2022 plan. Nice. <laughs> um, but we want to, I really want to, uh, rebrand, not rebrand, redo the game side of things on the website, because I think there are some brilliant games on there. Uh, but they need to be categorized in a way that is helpful for people to know what sort of genre of game, I suppose, but also what sort of experience they're looking for in a game. And so I want people to go on the website and see like, oh, I'm looking for a game that's more mindfulness based or personal well-being based. And they can go to that section or they can click on like, I want to see good representation of mental health within characters in games. And they can go and see examples of that. So that's kind of my plans for that <laughs> yeah that but there's, that, that i think yeah. is another a great point in that like you can have games that are about like mental health themes or like so i'm gonna pull out an example of like um little misfortune is a great game mm-hmm. about death but like oh boy that's a game and a half that has some content that could do with some warnings um yes but it's ruddy good <laughs> but there's a difference between that and maybe something like gris uh which is an entirely different type of game in terms of its its design exactly. but also like but well, both games about death you know yeah they're just very different and that's what i kind of like about the fact that we've got a different a variety of games to choose to because choose from because a lot of people will see they'll know what they want but they don't know the way they want to go about it and like from someone who has played games when they struggled um from losing someone it's very difficult to know what you want until you've tried it and then you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to play this game. It's it, it's putting me in a, in a worse state than I was before versus a game that is allowing you to explore those feelings in a much more safe, pardon the pun, <laughs> um, setting and a much more like friendly, easy, like positive light, I suppose. It's about what you need, right? It's I mean, difficult. Like it, it's, yeah, it's it tough depends. and everyone wants needs different things and wants different things, right? I mean, again, like I, I've played both of those games. I enjoy both immensely. But like one of the ways I deal with things is through humour. So the absolute morose nature of Little Misfortune had me <laughs> falling off my chair because I found it hilarious and thought this is such an, an innovative and wild way to get across the message. But in also in yeah. a game that is functionally like well-designed um and you know it's about like what what you enjoy and i think that's a really sort of good i I apologize i did interject there as you were mid-flow <laughs> not at all oh no no i think it's i think it's fine though because like you said it's it's all about the journey that you want to take theme regardless of theme like you can you can have eight different games that are all based on the same thing but you can have a million different ways to play them so i think it's about offering people choices to be able to play the games to potentially educate them on mental health but also just to give them some time to self-reflect sometimes is, is all they need mm-hmm. which is super nice so i i apologize that question about safe and aware was completely just me being nosy i was just genuinely curious. <laughs> uh, so 
blindsided you there. Pun completely intended. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, to step uh, away from work then, uh, what mm-hmm. do you sort of typically get up to when, when you're not in work? Tell us about your, your... I don't like to call it free time. I say not work time now because there's not much of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Relate to that. Um, obviously, it'd probably be no shock that I like playing games in my free time or what? my not work Cold time. the presses. I know. I know. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to say it, but... Someone call my parental guardian and inform them <laughs> of the shocking news. I know. It's such a surprise to everyone, I imagine. But I do play games in my, in my free time. Um... I'm also a big fan of plants, nice. which probably, again, should come to no surprise because they're all behind me right now. You can see some and... lovely decorative, uh, some, some flora or fauna, I don't know which mm-hmm. is which. Um, flora. Flora, just sort of uh, hanging in, in the background of Rosie's video there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all, yeah, they're all not fake. None of them are fake. They're all real. Oh, nice. <laughs> which is nice. So that's good. No, I like plants. I am a big fan. I've got, I've really got into cross stitch lately. Um, but the irony is that I've started something that says, "Oh my god, what does it say?" Oh no. Oh, I can't remember right now. But it's something along the lines of just like, "Oh, it's get shit done," right? Nice. But it's like my sixth month into doing it, and I still haven't got shit done, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> but uh, it'll get there eventually. Like I quite like the hypocrisy in what I'm doing. So that's nice. Um, <laughs> but no, I find that, that sort of thing really therapeutic. Um, I, I've already talked about podcasts, so I'm not going to talk more about podcasts. I, I've been hugely into music a lot. I love music. I have a mi- I'm going to call it minor because it is minor, but a minor obsession with collecting records now. Um, even though I don't actually play them very often, I just like having the physical art with me. It's <laughs> nice. just nice. Um, so I'm a big fan of records and I love the cinema so much. I forgot how much I loved it until I went the other day and I saw Spider-Man and was like, I miss cinema so much. <laughs> like, it's just such an experience. So that's another thing. And then I guess journaling. I like writing stuff down. It's fun. Nice. Okay. So lots of sort of unpick there. Let's, but on, on, the, on the podcast question, actually, and then feel free to okay. decline to answer. But... Do you do you listen to many podcasts? You know, it's like read off a list, but like in that same way, people always joke like, "Well, if you work with games, you tend not to play as many." I, I know since researching, though, I've played a lot less games than I did prior. Um, <laughs> is that the kind of same thing as someone who who does a lot of podcasting? Do you find you have less time to enjoy podcasts? Honestly, yeah, a little bit. I kind of feel bad saying it, but it's I li- I like podcasts a lot, and I will listen to them. I don't like listening to my own back because I have to edit them. And so it's exhausting doing that. Um, so I have like a comfort podcast that I go to, which is the Jenna and Julian podcast. Um, because I, when I listen to it, I remember being back in a time where I would like play games and listen to it. And it's like, I don't know, it's a more, always like a nostalgic thing for me, but it's, um, it's just very comforting. I like listening to voices. And so I've kind of, I guess what I've kind of done now is switch over to Twitch a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll just kind of do my own thing whilst someone's talking in the background, which is what I quite like about it. So, yes and no, I guess, is the answer to that question. <laughs> Perfectly legitimate answer. I like it. Uh, records, I'm a big fan of vinyl as well. I, and 
audiophile, as you might say. Uh, mm -hmm. Big, big fan of music. Um, have you got like a, a favorite record for any particular reason? I do. And I actually brought it as prop because I knew that this was going to be one of the questions. I'm so organized. I mean, so. top quality guesting, let me just say. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this is one of my favorite records of all time. Oh. It is Vices and Virtues by Panic at the Disco. It is delightful. Um, it's such a weird album, which is kind of why I love it so much. Because it's like, they said, like genre? Who's she? No idea. <laughs> they just kind of picked all of them. And I, that's why I like it, because it's so bold. <laughs> um, but no, I'm a, I'm a big Panic at the Disco fan. Um, even though it's just Brendan Urie at this point. Like, there's well, no band anymore buzzing. Yeah, like, I mean, that album was like a very sort of transformative time for the band and i think when you think back at I'm, I'm actually a bit of a panic at the disco fan myself um yes love at, to see it at like the time um it was like a really exploratory album there wasn't that much music that was attempting to do what what was being done there on that record um exactly. i will quickly interject you may and this is just a little bit of self-plug self-promotion but I, on my twitch channel i actually have a vinyl of the week uh channel point redemption like people oh, people fun. do it you pick a number between i think i'm at like 45 vinyls now and I, I will pull one out of the chest and i will show you the art the front back the disc the sleeves all that kind of business just do like a like mini review almost of the individual record oh i love that because that's like one of the best things about vinyls is that it's a physical copy of the artwork and especially if you're like in love with the album it's so nice like i recently <clears throat> i recently just bought a the last of us soundtrack but like original songs vinyl i guess on it and I, I love it so much like it's so pretty and the the actual vinyl itself is like all blue and oh it's so gorgeous and i'm like i, I don't i don't i'm scared to play it <laughs> i am i am about to ruin my own shot which is gonna bite me on the backside but i will i will attempt to show you here just up in the top right corner you can see as i like to refer to him our lord and savior father john misty um, and oh that God. is the, the yes. God's favorite customer, <laughs> uh, loser's edition vinyl that oversees me nice. and all my activity. I love it. <laughs> um, and there is just something really special about like having that that physical artwork and, and, and like the physical presence of like the disc and stuff that, you know, I was a big fan of CD back in the day, you know, back yeah, in my day, absolutely. CDs. Oh. Um, and yeah, like there's, and, and okay, you, you're obviously going to agree with me, but just sounds better on vinyl it really does i like a good crackle it's great i don't know how but it just enhances the music it's just got atmosphere and it doesn't matter like what the sprinkle of atmosphere what the genre of music is i've got celeste b-side remixes on vinyl yeah and it's just Gold. better it's just good yeah. i don't know how that's the thing like i've got such a weird collection of vinyls i've got i've got from panic at the disco and then it goes to like <laughs> Billie Eilish and then the Last of Us soundtrack and then Arctic Monkeys and oh no one of, one of the that I really shouldn't have forgotten right now <laughs> Fleetwood Mac Christ nice. <laughs> um, just a bunch of random different things but they all sound so good we've got no regrets great nice that's what I like to hear if you'll pardon the pun <laughs> that one was an accident but we'll roll with the joke um, <laughs> you just got it you gotta own it when, you, when you've got it you've got it as one of my good friends always says um exactly one of the sort of the <laughs> default questions that i ask on this show but I, I try and change it up because not everyone is a gamer or a game player 
as you might prefer to be known. Gamer is a, a sociologically loaded term. Um, mm. See, see, Doctor Richard Coates work for more on, on that. Uh, <laughs> um, but like you know, you mentioned you played Life is Strange. Have you played anything else recently? Yes, I. Oh, I mean, my well, God. I've been maybe... replaying the Bioshock series. Okay, nice. What do you play on? A PlayStation Four. Nice. I love PlayStation. Steady. I if if I could have got a PlayStation Five, believe me, I would have. I also really kind of desperately want the Series S. This little dinky, it's cute. Um, and I one day will own a gaming PC, but for now. <laughs> I am stuck with a trusty PlayStation 4, which I've had for several years, and it's not let me down yet, so we're doing well. I also have a Switch Lite, which I adore so much. Like, I've actually, I've just started playing House Flipper, nice, which is so relaxing to me. I love it. It's just ideal. I feel like, I feel like cleaner afterwards. <laughs> nice. Like, I'll be sat around in, like, a dirty room, and I'm like, oh, I'm so productive house cleaning on House Flipper. <laughs> but... It's really nice. I love it. That's good. How are you finding replaying the Bioshock series? An absolutely incredible series, in my view. I love it so much. I, I think Bioshock may be one of my favorite games of all time. I adore it. I've actually got a metal poster of Rapture in my bathroom. Ooh. I've posted on my Twitter before because I love it so much and it's so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Bioshock series. I, I love series. that it's in the bathroom. That's like. Of course, That's it has to be in the bathroom. A, such a great joke. <laughs> if you don't get that, like, please, please, like, wiki, wiki, wiki it. Like, just, you're, you're playing yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah, it has to go in the bathroom. Where else would it be? <laughs> but, yeah, I love Bioshock so much. And I think the more you play it, the more details you pick up on. And I guess when you first play through it, there's a lot of lore and a lot of story behind it that you might just not might be too overwhelming to like remember all the details then the more you go back the more you're like oh, i understand this universe a lot more um and i like the moral side of it of course um i love being able to make decisions in games even if they don't really have that much of consequence i think it's kind of fun to feel like you're in an agency of this game so yes i do i do love bioshock to a different level uh, do you have a, like? I mean, it's it's kind of unfair, I think, to compare Infinite to to the other two because it's so it's so far removed. Not in terms of its law, but like just in in the way that it's set up, right? It's the just very are, different. A closer. Um, I, I I agree. I, I enjoyed all three. I felt like the leap between one and two, like I enjoyed two so so much more, and then like again with with Infinite. Uh, I'm tempted to say. I think two it might be my favorite. Oh, I, I know. I'm, I'm sitting there going, I haven't played them for a while. I might need to replay them. I like all of them. I still think the first one is my favorite. Don't know why. I think it's just the introduction to that universe and the storyline that went with it was just beautiful. Would you kind of so explain why? <laughs> oh my gosh! Someone used that. Um, in an article that I did and I got far too excited. Uh, it was an article for Safe in Our World and they they highlighted, would you kindly have a good Christmas or something? It was a Christmas article, but it was really cute. And I got so excited when I when I read it and was like, oh my God, there's the reference to Bioshock. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> this is um, an equally as good geeky reference, but in the academic world, one of my uh, academic colleagues, Dr. Um, Jennifer Germain, um, she... Uh, managed to include the phrase in her 
in, in an academic paper, I believe, that was um, whose digital footprints are these? But referencing Metal Gear Solid, like whose footprints are these? And I was like, nice. that is some of the best things I've ever seen. Oh, it's a reference within a reference. I love it. A faint within a faint. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um like yeah, Bio- Bioshock is is so good. The whole the atmosphere, the lore, I think the psychological perspective of it uh is great, mm. you know, and just I just remember really really enjoying two like a lot. I, I felt like yeah, they, they elevated the battle mechanics, I think, a lot and um like I liked the choices in two a lot more as well. Yeah. I realized as soon as I said like, "Oh, I like having the illusion of agency is very fitting for the bioshock series but um it i'm not going to spoil anything because i don't i don't like spoilers so annoying but if you haven't played bioshock i would highly recommend it it's actually one of my favorite franchises ever so yeah so where, where are you up to in the replay well i rage quit because my playstation <laughs> decided to um the the disc had a fault like mid um boss battle and i was so frustrated and then it didn't save until right to the way back at the start of the chapter and i was just like i need a break <laughs> and that's why i played life is strange because i was like, i need to play something else instead of bioshock right now because i'm gonna get mad about playing the past two hours again so uh <laughs> that's where i'm at i uh i'm at the end of the line on the station at the end of the, the train line if that nice. makes sense the final okay. stop so um yes but it's been a while since i've played um number two as well actually so i always find it interesting but i'm looking forward to moving on to infinite as well it's it's all good it's all gravy as we might say um mm. that's excellent so you've been playing some good stuff that's good uh i'm just gonna cross reference my questions um so with all all that in hand i feel like we've got like a nice picture of sort of you know what you do and why you do it and that's great my next two questions i like to think of like um let's let's take a step out of ourselves let's reach aspirationally uh, and let's have some fun okay so okay um first thing i want to ask is if you had no limitations whatsoever like be that financial resources uh people power anything like that right time doesn't exist in this universe right what project would you like to do now now usually again this is in the context of like you'll say uh what would your research idea be like the one piece one thing you'd like to research if resources were in a question or um what game would you want to make if resources were in a question so the answer you can take it in any direction you want okay i honestly think i would love to explore the kind creatives community and make it into something more than it is if I had the time, resources, skill, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so you like slap I'd love... the kind of creative sign on a a, build, a tower block, set of offices. <laughs> everyone's got jobs. That would be cool. Business. That would be really fun. Like imagine having like a full on stream team that's just dedicated to mental health, um, resources and charity, and oh, that would be ideal. I love that. That would be a really fun project for me. I think because it kind of it pulls together things that I'm very passionate about into one big project like mental health video games content creation to one big thing like i think that would be amazing It'd be so much fun i'd love also to learn a little bit more about how to make games 
um, and actually get involved with the production of games, I think would be fascinating for me. Um, I don't know. I feel like I am, I've already said it, but I'm, I'm too much of a perfectionist. So it'll be like I'm detrimental to myself and opportunities because I will just stick a bunch of like limitations that don't exist in my head. And they'll be like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> so it's a tricky one. Um, but yeah, I think I would just like to expand on some of the projects that I'm already doing because the reason why I'm doing them now is because I'm passionate about them. And if I have more time to be able to dedicate that and more resources and actual like being able to support and pay people and for like, like for the, for the content cafe, for example, I would love to be able to do that half, half time, I guess, part time for a living. Like that would be so much fun for me. Um, and being able to pay someone to be able to do proper animations and like a nice sort of visual aid to it, be able to properly, um, word subtitle it effectively and stuff like that i'd love to be able to branch out and spend loads of time doing it and creating something that i'm really really proud of but yeah it is limited by money and time and resources and people and everything else and brain space (laughs) yeah Um, so it's difficult if i was going to be like i'm going to say cliche but i mean like you've mentioned a few times um you know like oh you want to you want to achieve something that you're proud of um and kind of reference that as like an end product but I think, like, mm. is, is growth not something to be eminently proud of? Oh, massively. Like, I, I kind of regularly reflect on what I'm doing compared to what I thought I'd be doing six months ago, six years ago, how far I've come personally in, in terms of my own confidence and belief in myself, because that's been a running joke in my family for, like, the past 10 years. <laughs> my basketball coach used to shout believe at me in the course, which was... a uh, always a good time you've just gotta believe yeah it was so funny but like everyone would just say it and so now it's ingrained in my brain that I'm like I need to believe in myself this is something I need to do and it's like very much fake it till you make it sometimes and that's okay like I think it's fine doesn't you don't have to there's no like good path going up to to self-growth whatever it is there's it's gonna be like a wild roller coaster that's fine I think you just have to have some some retrospect i guess in being able to look back at it and and seeing the the journey that you've made i love them the finger quotes around uh self-growth there and i think i know why that that is uh but i don't want (sighs) to assume no go for it what's your assumption (laughs) well it's just like because i mean self-growth is one of those uh buzzwords you know, it's very sort of all marketable. But like, you know, for me, uh, from a, from a skill based sort of uh, perspective, I guess, like it's just self reflection. Self reflection is very yeah. is a very necessary skill. I think if you are able to, uh, you know, Mister Blobby your way kind of through life without reflection or cause for any of your actions, you're kind of living without consequence, which is, oof. Yeah, you it's know, worrying if you never self reflect, like. Also, how could you not? Like, what does your brain think of during those times where you're not doing something? Like, does it just go blank? <laughs> What's your brain doing? You got to be thinking about stuff. Um, you know? I mean, I do. I mean, again, like you know, like 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 yourself. I think when you're doing content, but also like I like to write things. 
it's one of the ways I enjoy sort of producing content, I guess. And I like to do like an audio version for everything I write because accessibility is important. And some people prefer to read things, some like to listen to them anyway, as a preference. Um, but I think like, you know, I'm a very reflexive person. So the fact that some people like are not is something that I struggle to process, if that makes sense. Like, it's fine. Like, you do you. That's all good. But um, I feel like part of oh again cliches i love them um but to understand where you want to go you kind of need to understand where you've come from yeah of course i think it's especially with people who are in this sort of spaces that we are in and surrounded by people who are very positive and open about mental health and you know very happy to talk about it but also content creation is nothing new in in a lot of the spaces that we're in um and when you step outside of that it can be really like hard hitting sometimes. Like I, I've definitely spoken to people who I I know very well, but I've never really been, I've never really discussed mental health with them for whatever reason before. And it'll come up and some of their views are like so backwards to me, but because I'm surrounded myself with people who think in a very similar way to what than I do and who reflect in the same ways that I do, or even just like have the same ideology, I suppose, around mental health. And it's not so, know like tory focused or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you know so for for international listeners that refers to a political (laughs) ideology over here in the uk uh like i can't think of a good parallel but yeah the the people currently running the country yeah yeah yeah. i was i I couldn't remember the words like conservative aligned with like republican republican yeah Yeah, that's that's it right yeah well they're not democrats so (laughs) well yeah yeah um but no i think like yeah, usually to be, you know, I, that's the kind of statement that I would retort with, well, it's important we don't live within an echo chamber. But I, sure. like, hard agree with, like, mental health. Mental health is a thing that we should not, I think, uh, renege on, <laughs> like, ever. Uh, it's, it's a thing, I think, like, no. the views that are emerging and through people like yourself and through things like Safe in Our World and, and Take This and Can Creators is beginning to become more household, I'm tempted to say. Uh, perhaps yes. that's an over, overstatement um but like when you have something that is literally and i mean literally universal uh it it's and, and you see the the effects of it, it it's scary i think to think that there are people that are like ah oh, mental health isn't a thing you know quote unquote man up quote unquote cheer up like kind of stuff yeah it, it's and really... i think those are the things that i really try and distance myself from especially on online communities because social media can be a pretty terrible place for a lot of people and if I can do anything that I can to almost protect myself from people who I know are never going to believe in what I believe and have views that I will never understand or agree with or even sympathize with because sometimes they're really damaging and very discriminative and I just I don't want them in my space ever (laughs) Uh, so I'm more than happy to just like snip snip bye (laughs) i want nice i want positivity i'm happy to debate things with people but not when it comes to people's human rights (laughs) i just don't have time for that but um you know like if if i'm i can't i just can't deal with bigotry and, and discrimination on social media ever and i just refuse to uh get into conversation with people like that because it's i find it very challenging and I don't know what good it changes. Like, I feel like it's best to not engage most of the time. 
I think like Having you know, said that. there is there is like a a, a nexus, and I think it, you, firstly in within your own social media, you have a complete right to curate your own experience. You know, I had someone mm. one time like I I unfollowed them. And I was like, you know what? Um, they said some things I I disagreed with, and I was like, okay, this is a fundamental difference. That's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know cease this sort of social connection. Um, and you know I was like, that's it. And then they they confronted me and was like, whoa, what's going like like. You know, essentially, why have you unfollowed me? And I was like, well, just because uh, there there are differences in, in views and your ideology that I don't agree with. And I said, yeah, it's fine. You're entitled to your views. That's okay. But I don't agree, and I don't wish to associate myself with it. Now, yeah, exactly. They, they seem to not understand. They're like, well, why would you not have the debate? Like, you know, like <laughs> you know that kind of like cliche. You argue me on my podcast, bro. Kind of like oh, ideology. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I just because that content was not. It was not beneficial to me. That's not the right term to use because that makes it transactionalized. But um, it was yeah. not bringing me joy. Therefore, yeah. I would cease to engage with it because it was p- potentially actively upsetting. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I think there's like kind of two things, one by association and one by the outcome of it. And a lot of the people who are have these very... I'm going to call them unpopular. It's not the right word, but bad views <laughs> in my opinion terrible views um who are only wanting to start a conversation to anger you because there are people like that on the internet that just do things to piss people off uh and i used to be someone who fell for that and now i'm just like look <laughs> i don't have the energy i'm just going to talk about what i talk about and that's that's it and then on the other half of it like if for example, you follow someone who fundamentally has different views to you in the terms that it could be damaging to somebody else. Um, it's not necessarily just you. Like I've sometimes seen people who've been very damaging to certain communities and certain marginalized communities and gone on their profile and seen that they're being followed by people that I follow. And then that makes me think, well, do they condone their behavior? Do they even know what's going on? And so it's really difficult to then, I would never associate people with that behavior just based on who they're following because you, you have no idea right but it's it's always something that i consider and i'm aware about myself when i'm on twitter specifically i guess but i don't want to be following problematic people because i don't want to uh grow their platform i guess yeah no i mean like i like hard agree i think there's like a, a solid sort of movement isn't there of like like if I'm following someone that has affected you or your community, like tell me because I want to know about that so I can cease to support or, or in, by association advocate for that individual and or group, you know, and I think that's important because, I mean, there is just so much. It can be so difficult to keep up with things. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you, you like yourself, I, I'd be tempted to put my, to at least try and put myself in the same bracket, like, you know, who who is trying to do things in a certain way and wants to promote a certain outlook of, of growth and, you know, like, I was going to say positivity. That's, again, a bit of a buzzword that maybe gets misrepresented. Mm. But, you know, like a, a certain um, reflexive kind of open-mindedness, perhaps, is the best way to kind of look at it. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff is important, in my view, you know. Yeah, especially if people, like, see you as a respected person in whichever field that you're in. It's like, I, I know that I do that. And like, just for an example, like on LinkedIn, if I someone like sends me a, a request to, uh, 
I don't really know what become friends on LinkedIn Con- is. Connect, is connect on LinkedIn. Connect on yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. If I see that someone else who I respect is connected with them, I would probably just trust them. And I guess it's the kind of same thing on Twitter is if I see a lot of people who I trust following someone, I'll be like, oh, well, I'll probably follow them back because they're in this certain group of people and I trust all of these people. So why wouldn't I trust them? Um, yeah, it's it's strange. Social media is weird, huh? I mean, it's it's there's a whole field of psychology dedicated to it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a real a beast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that to, to, to circle back to I think the positive is that a lot of people say, for example, like, Twitter is my preferred social media platform. I guess, mate, like Discord is a social media platform, as is Twitch, in my opinion, to a degree. Um, yeah, but I just perhaps don't use those as much. Uh, again, because like Discord is very sort of like you know. Uh, curricular activity kind of related or extracurricular activity related and it kind of exists in its own sort of little mini dimension i guess in my brain um but twitter is my preferred platform and like honestly like because i have curated it like nearly all of the content that i get like on my feed is stuff that i enjoy or people i want to learn from or things i want to sort of you know uh, like see those people share we all we've all done it. We 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 fall for what's trending, and we look at stuff, and then fall into a little bit of a vortex of like reading the comments and the quotes, you know, tweets. Oh, you know, we've yeah, all, we've all and done then it. you're like, "Why is this so negative?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm on the comment section. I used to go back." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've we've all been there. It's fine. It's okay. Um, but like on the whole, I'd say like my my feed is generally a pretty positive place, and that that's good. That's what you should want from social media. Yes, I don't want social media to be exhausting, especially because I have to professionally spend time on it for my job. So I will make sure that I'm I've curated a nice space for me to live in while I'm on there because I I do a lot of work through social media. Like I get a lot of opportunities and connections through social media, which I wouldn't have gotten if I hadn't been on there. So it's like that balance between being professional, just being like a... I just tweet so much shit. <laughs> well, I mean, and know, I forget. You're saying that, but then you're like, "Oh, think goals for you know the new year. I want to be on more podcasts." And here we are, because I was like, "Hey, I want you to exactly." Be on more this is what I mean. It's a great place to connect with people and network, but it's also a great place just to laugh <laughs> and look at great memes. Exactly. Oh, I love meme times. It's yeah, great. like meme, like wholesome <laughs> memes. You got cat meme, like anything. It all exists. It's all there. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a, a, one of my favorite Twitter accounts. Is there is no cat in this photo, and it's like a challenge. And every day you look at it, and you're like, you know, it's there sometimes. Oh my god, the um, <laughs> my my depression lights just gone off. <laughs> oh no, it was so intense. <laughs> it's like Rosie. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like basically the scenery of like, sir. <laughs> Why are you going off? This is... <laughs> for listeners uh... down. Rosie was, was lighting herself up. Uh, it looked like a Christmas tree. It just kept showing up. Like I, I wasn't pressing any buttons, but it turned into a phantom and started lighting up on its own. And it was very bright because it's a sun, uh, an SAD lamp. So it was like not unnoticeable. Like it was very obvious because I was suddenly a moon. But um... I wasn't sure whether you were about to like enter the metaverse or something <laughs> mid like A spotlight. I'm like, I have an important announcement to make. <laughs> Oh my god, no, never the metaverse, but <laughs> um yeah, I follow a bunch of like really wholesome accounts on Twitter that I would recommend to people. 
I think one of my favorite, like, uh, I'm going to say genres of, of Twitter memeage, if that's a phrase, is like um, mm. TV shows out of context. <laughs> yes. Just like, oh, a thing I like, making things that I like, lovely. Like, I've got, I follow an account that's just Frasier screenshots. It's just Yes, random... oh my God, I know what they're talking about. Or is that Frasier looking out the window? That's that Frasier looking at games. So that's a great one as well. But like, <laughs> Frasier screenshots is literally just a random frame. And sometimes it can just be a completely blank frame of, like, just Frasier episodes. But I have saved so many for later meme use because they're just great. What's one I saw recently? It was every single frame of Shrek (laughs) in the entire movie with one tweet a day being one frame. And then it finally got to the bit where he opened the door. It's like little shack door. And then everyone, it went viral because everyone was so excited to wait for that specific frame to come out. What a world we live in, hey? What a time <laughs> to be alive. Am I right? Sorry, we were talking about what you do with lim- unlimited resources. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I would love... So, in a nutshell, expand the podcast that I already do. Explore content creation in the sense of streaming or video making. And... Oh did have one more but i've forgotten it now so it can't be that important so i'm gonna stick with the two okay awesome be decisive nice (laughs) i like to see it um so the next question that i like to sort of have like in the the blue sky range of questions that we have here is we can take inspiration from many things many people but is there any one or, or person or body that you would like to give a little shout out to just as something or someone that inspires you uh, on, on a semi-frequent basis i guess or just has inspired you mine's gonna be really like there is no don't end that sentence because this is just like this is what inspires you this is about you like so any answer is completely acceptable okay my dad <laughs> great answer there we go my dad he's like my biggest cheerleader it's really sweet he gets so enthusiastic about everything i do which makes me enthusiastic about what I do. And whenever I get something exciting, he's always like one of the first people I get buzzing to like ring and tell him what's going on. Like he's just, he's just my biggest fan. It's really sweet because he just, he just wants to know what's going on all the time. And through what I've done with podcasting and Safe in Our World and everything else, I've been able to get him to be more honest about mental health and to talk more openly about things in the world that we didn't talk about before. And he's so willing to learn that sort of... And he comes to me with questions about stuff that he wouldn't usually have done. And being able to see him not be educated, I don't think that's quite the right word, but move more into my world, I suppose, in, in talking a lot about social issues and mental health and things like that. Um, that's been really nice too. So, yeah, I'm going to go with my dad. That is a great answer. I hope he enjoys listening too. I'm gonna force him to listen to it like, now. Like, look, I was really nice about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a, that's a great answer. At the end of the day, like, what what it is that en- enriches, enhances, and empowers you to do what you do, like, is is the whole point of the question. I think that's a great answer, and I'm really pleased that like you just had a smile on your face that entire time you were answering that question. I think that's like that embodies what the question was about. You know. I'm just very lucky to have such a great family. Like my mum obviously is incredibly supportive <laughs> as well, but um, I feel bad now that I haven't said her. But um, 
I don't know. My dad's just so enthusiastic about everything. It's nice. Nice. <laughs> it's a nice That's change. Good. That's good. Um, so if if we can, if you don't mind, I'd like to sort of circle back mm-hmm. around a little bit. We, just, just because it's, it's an area of my interest, it's something you spoke about, but like that kind of overlap just between gaming and mental health on like that sort of like personal level, you kind of talked about it a little bit. Because um, I think while you are what I would call in, in academia, my area of research, digital games with a purpose, games that are rooted and centered around mental health themes, you know, and, and the research I'm doing is looking at, like, what what happens to people when they play them, you know, as opposed to games that aren't set around that. And that's the research, right? Um, but I, and I, and the reason you make that distinction is because that, that is different to, just say, general men, mental, like mental health generally is improved by playing games. There was the uh, study published, I think, was at the beginning of 2021, Oxford Institute for Internet Research, uh, famous, it was made headlines, Animal Crossing players, and uh, yep. plants, plants versus zombie players. Plants had, versus zombies um, mm-hmm. had higher levels of you know, well-being. Now, quite good science. They don't make claims as to why that was. The famous say it with me: correlation doesn't equal causation. Um, catchphrase on the show. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. like you know, that in of itself was a huge thing. Um, I, so I just sort of wanted to tap into a little bit more about like just your experiences as someone who plays games. And maybe sort of like that sort of overlap just from a, a general standpoint, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, it's... I, I kind of already talked a little bit about never making the connection between mental health and games before I moved into this job, um, which is true. But on reflection, I know that that's obviously wasn't the case. Um, and I think for me it allows something to occupy my brain enough for me to not think about it consciously, but also to work on what I'm thinking, what, what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about, or at least put my brain in the position to be able to process something that I don't want to do <laughs> or I don't want to think about. And so that's always been a huge thing for me is being able to put myself into a mindset where I'm able to deal with my problems. <laughs> um, I guess in, in a blunt way, <laughs> I suppose, I'm I'm also fascinated by the research specifically, like it's obviously well known within your field. I'm I'm guessing, I'm not guessing, I know that it's well known within your field about like the links between PTSD and games like Tetris and things like that. Like it's fascinating how games can actually do things like that. And the fact that they change the mechanics of your brain or like target specific areas of your brain to think certain ways, which is so fascinating to me. And I wish I knew more about the psychology behind it because I, I love the psychology. Like I did it uh, at, at college for a little while and I thought it was fascinating, but um, I've never had time to go into it more and look into specific papers. And so for now, what I've been doing is when I come across them, I'll have, I've got like a whole list of, papers that I want to read um that I've seen on various social medias and things like that but when it comes to my personal relationship with it I guess it's a mixture of putting my brain into a position where it can process things um using it as a social crutch in some ways um to be able to socialize with people who I don't usually get to talk to I 
love using games not only to play them but also just to have a discussion point around I think it's always really nice and I've made so many friends by talking about video games in general which then has in turn affected my mental health so it's more like a third party sort of interaction I suppose and I think that's a, a really valid point in that like a lot of people maybe like will say like and you, you mentioned it before like Life is Strange True Colors is a single player game it doesn't necessarily have a multiplayer element as far as I'm aware but you're going to meet a friend to discuss the game the game is facilitating yeah. that discussion like it it adds to that like context you know like that's really important and that's the thing that comes out of gate like game playing like yeah totally like i've i've made friends i've made a bunch of friends in scotland that i want to go and visit last year because of games and that's wild to me because obviously when you're growing up i'm sure you probably had the same sort of thing where it's like the internet's dangerous you can't talk to anyone on the internet stressful scary people are going to murder you all that stuff stuff and i was terrified for ages and then i was like actually there's a lot of good on the internet <laughs> you just have to be careful around it um and games was one of them for me mm-hmm. well, that makes sense yeah uh, out of out of interest as well I'm, I'm again just curiosity tell me to shut my big you know bazoo um but like you know like what what sort of stuff do you, do you sort of enjoy playing you mentioned sort of life is strange you mentioned bioshock is there any sort of other stuff? Because when I think of like myself, and I'm going to preface the question with this after I've asked the question, mm-hmm. um, but like when I think of like <laughs> me and like uh, maybe like mental health, uh, like the games that I maybe play that I would almost say benefit my mental health most, uh, like I love sports games. The most hours I've probably racked up are in games like Pro Evo or Rocket League. I just enjoy the sport. I enjoy playing with it. I will play it for hours. That's the kind of game where I'm like, one more game. And then like it's 2 a.m. That's one of mine for me. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of game because I focus so much on the, the sport that everything else escapes my brain and that's the, yes. the pleasurable bit for it by the same token I love like 100 hour JRPGs that are incredible world saving adventures that are swashbuckling mm-hmm. and you know absolutely rootin' tootin' you know <laughs> so like it's interesting <laughs> that you can have that really wild kind of uh, disperse in the same way that I also love playing stuff like Gris you know um yeah. so i just kind of intrigued it's good him to have a variety it. of games though isn't it like i uh i talk about this quite a lot on podcasts and what's one more right um <laughs> i really like the idea of um johnny chiodini did a ted talk on games and mental health which is really good and you should check it out and they talked about the concept of a sad game which is a game that you gravitate towards when you're in a certain mood um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the same game every time but you kind of become hyper fixated on one specific game as to what it, how it makes you feel and I've had that with a lot of different things and they're they're always really different so I've had Finding of Isaac, I've had um, Kingdom and Raw Fury which is a delightful game um, I've had it with uh, Bloons Tower Defense <laughs> I love that game so much I've had it with tetris and sudoku and like all of these random games and then with like uncharted or the last of us like some heavy narrative driven games as well so it totally depends um but i do become like hyper fixated on one world at a time most of the time um and it's usually what will help me if i'm in a bad position or if in a bad mental health state so i always find that concept really interesting okay that makes sense i think i think again like it it sounds so reductive but just like play what you enjoy you know yeah exactly <laughs> like, 
that's that's the crux of it, right? You, no one's ever going to have like just one genre of game that they enjoy because they're embedded within so much of what we do. And like even like mobile games and, and casual games like that, like it's, it's so easy to pick up, especially if you're traveling or whatever. And people don't consider them to be games because they don't think of them as a console, I guess. Um, and it's just like m- that mind distinction <laughs> between well, the two. But I mean, like, what what is a video game is legitimately a debate in, in like the academic yeah. world of games. Like, it's like, well, where do you draw the line? And you'll get people who sit on a certain side of the fence that are like, uh, well, clearly it's Fortnite because it's popular. <laughs> um, and you'll get people that will be like, well, no, it's clearly, uh, have you heard of Final Fantasy? They're proper games. Um, whereas, like, I take the much more sort of colloquial kind of view of, like, well, if it's something that you, you know, play. Um, yeah, if it's interactive, it's I would call it a game. Like, you get stuff that really, like, blares the lines. Like Celia Hoden um, has done, the, like, The Psychology of Games, a really good book, really, like, really nice introductory kind of thing. Um, that's very, very easy to, to pick up and read. It's not rooted in jargon too much. Um, and, and she sort of poses this question, and it's kind of like, you know, there are things that blare the lines, like um, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch. You know, mm-hmm. like, is that a game or is it a film? Because it's, it's interactive. It's choose your own adventure, you know? And you can kind of say that a game needs to have uh, X, Y, Z components. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, like, you know, again, as you maybe break that down, oh, this type of game needs to have this, this, and this. Um, but, I mean, when you see so much overlap with genre, uh, like the, the availability of games, I mean, you can play, like, is Pokemon Go not a Pokemon game because it's on mobile? of course there's a pokemon game it's got pokemon in the name come on but well people well you're not battling them to level up and getting the gym i really wish people would stop like gatekeeping what a game is what it isn't a game like just let people enjoy what they want to enjoy it's not hurting anyone it's just like a strange thing to me to want to be so specific on what's what's a game and what's not or what's in the certain group of games and what's not like it really doesn't matter (laughs) i don't think in my opinion but it's it sounds after maybe this is just a product of of our conversation but it's like why do people have such a hard time with just enjoying things that they tell you that they enjoy <laughs> i enjoy it so yeah. much because i get to gatekeep it and tell other people they're not allowed just yeah think. it's a strange sort of uh, complex to not to have i suppose and being like yeah i enjoy not allowing other people to enjoy things <laughs> it's just a bit odd just just enjoy it let you enjoy it in your way like this whole thing came out recently of like a uh, difficulty settings like oh all, my like, gosh yeah no, as if that's no babies like if you don't play if you're playing on easy you're not playing the full game like oh i hate that so much because it's like it's literally just making the game more inclusive for people and more accessible for people to play and it doesn't it's not indicative of being like oh i just <laughs> have feelings and i feel like we're very much on the same page but it's just like play the game how you want to play it, it doesn't matter <laughs> the, the the game is the same just ah oh, i don't know no it's, i don't know it's really yeah it again baffles me very much at least me very much befuddled i guess <laughs> um uh, so I, I thank you for for indulging me on that tangent. I appreciate it very much. Um, no worries. I, as we sort of gear up to our wind down, I deliberately used up and down there because that's a nice little image for everyone. Nice. Um, like I like a nice little <laughs> roller coaster. You see. Uh, yeah, I saw it in my brain. Thank yeah. you. Um, uh, I always like to ask a few quick fire questions. Um, okay. But 
that you don't really have to answer them quickly, so I don't know why I call them those. But the idea <laughs> for this, the story for this question is you are going on a retreat. You've decided that you need a little bit of, bit of rest and relaxation. Um, you're going there voluntary. But it's a, it's a desert island disc kind of set up in that you're going to wherever you like. Nice. Um, all your items will magically work for no apparent clear reason. Uh, so don't sure. worry about that. Um, and you are allowed to take uh, one book or collection of books with you, um, an album, a game, and uh, a film or TV sort of box set. Again, like if it comes in a set, you're allowed to have that. What do you take with nice. you? Nice. Okay. I've got this down. So book i would t- I've, I've brought props again so <laughs> excellent because <laughs> i got so excited so the book i would take is called the last uh, it's by hammer jameson it is a brilliant book and i won't be able to do it justice by me trying to remember exactly without spoiling it like how to describe it so i'm just gonna like read the blurb like very that, briefly let's do it so the world has ended in nuclear war you and 19 other survivors hole up in an isolated swiss hotel you wait, you survive, then you find the body. One of your number has blood on their hands and the race is on to find the killer. However, the book is so different to what you expect it to be and that's why I love it so much because it took so many turns I wasn't expecting it to and would just would highly recommend it. It's got a very atmospheric feel to it. But uh, I don't know, it's just unlike ever any other book that I've read before. So I would highly recommend this one. I mean, it's called The Last. I, I want to buy it right now because I love <laughs> myself a little bit of sci-fi dystopia. And I love me a yes. little bit of murder mystery as well. And it sounds like that's got elements of both. It uh, does. It also has a, a huge emphasis on, on character relationships, which is fascinating. So would highly recommend You mean book. good writing? What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. But like it's focused on it. Like it's not just building up a character. It's like a lot of it. A lot. Of, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but just read it. <laughs> I'm gonna do. The, I'm gonna do the thing now where I I could could Google it, but I won't. Uh, have you read um, Stations Eleven? Oh my god, yeah. So I actually got that as a recommendation after I read that book from a friend, and I've got it, and I haven't read it yet, and I really want to. So that's oh, my next one. <laughs> so it's I read it because a friend was like, "Oh, Chris, like you'll like this. You like your sci-fi dystopia. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. It's so good." Because when you were describing that, I was like, "Oh, you'll like this." It's yeah, it's that's right exactly what that, someone else said. <laughs> right up that ballpark. Exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing to read that as well. Um, one album. I think I'm going to... You can whip out the vinyl no. again if you want and just be no, like... No, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to oh. change my mind. I would actually listen to um, the Last of Us original soundtrack. Oh, okay. I love that soundtrack so much. I also listened to it a lot while I played... I played the game obviously i listened to it while i played the game while i read that book um because the the music fit very well with the theme and the atmosphere of the story which is why i thought it was interesting and how music can mean lots of different things um it's also enough background music for me to just do what i want and not have to you know i if i have to listen to it for a long time if i'm on a desert island i don't want lyrics all the time that's yeah. no somber enough to like make me feel things but familiar enough that it's nice to listen to okay. <laughs> and i feel like the ost captures that so yeah, yeah i'm gonna go with that <laughs> awesome um one film or set of films would be you, you I'll, I'll, I'll complete, trilogy. okay i was gonna say i completely allow like tv box set as well that's fine but lord of the rings oh, trilogy. No, it'll have to be the lord of the rings trilogy you're not, not going for the six and including the hobbit no 
Screw the Hobbit. Doesn't deserve. Doesn't belong. (laughs) There will be people that have opinions about that. I I think that the Hobbit did not do justice and was too Americanized. Oh, Rosie, you're you're such a book snob. (laughs) I'm not. I've not even read the books. That's how bad it is. I just don't (laughs) think that they reflect the universe in the same way that the original films do. And they will never hold the same place in my heart. And I have to see them as separate because also the book, I've read The Hobbit. It's like 100, 200 pages. It's tiny. And they've made that into three films, mainly for profit, in my opinion, which is why I'm a bit frustrated with it because I think they went downhill as they came out. (laughs) Got feelings on The Hobbit, but I would only take the original trilogy. Okay. Which edition? The extended edition, of course. The super califragilistic expialidocious edition. Yes. Yeah, of course. Give okay. me all of that content. Just, I want all of it. Just check. Okay, I have to go down this tangent though. Have you played the original Lord of the Rings games? Oh my god, I watched my brother play them, and they were so good. <laughs> because like there are people that are like Lord of the Rings Two Towers on PS2 is the best game of all time. It's brilliant. It's so good. I really want to get them again. Like I, when I have a gaming PC. Someday I will get all of the old school games again because they were great. They I mean, were really good. I have still got my like Return of the King GameCube disc. Mm-hmm. Like and, and like you could even because Nintendo, you could connect it to the Game Boy Advance version of the game by the GNC for for unlockables. Nice. That's like <laughs> wild, right? Like amazing. I, on like oh. they have to be some of, if not the best, and I would argue a different point on that, but um, some of the best like movie tie-in games ever yeah because mostly they're disappointments i have i feel apart from the hobbit game okay the old school hobbit game ps2 that was amazing 10 out of 10 okay that's fair did i I pass a little bit of love for the hobbit now that's fine that's fine a little bit of love for the hobbit but only when it's done well (laughs) (laughs) oh shots fired Oof. Yeah, burn. Uh, And then, I suppose this is the one that maybe you've already answered, but what video game would you take? Yeah, I think I'd take The Hobbit. Oh, whoa, okay. I think it's because it's just got such a a nostalgic place in my heart that I would really enjoy it. Um, And because I've kind of like, I've built in got a theme going for this desert island right because i've got lord of the rings and i've got the hobbit and then i've got the last and then the last of us <laughs> soundtrack oh, oh my gosh oh this is such oh, a good collection what a, what oh i see you've you've done some things here your bioshock trilogy last. just like silently weeping in in the ps4 i now. do love bioshock honestly <laughs> i think it it probably realistically would be bioshock <laughs> but you know, just for sake of, of being thematic in this, I'm going to say the Hobbit. I, I mean, are you saying that Rapture doesn't meet all the other thematic criterion? It it's does. A, it's a trilogy, so there'd be another But it's three. not the theme of my full Desert Island okay. right now. Fair. I mean, it would be Desert Island. I suppose it's underwater, right? So maybe it would. Okay, yeah. I'll go Bioshock. Okay, all right. <laughs> I just I... you shamed me into picking it. <laughs> I, I did no such thing. I was just merely asking the question, which is my job in this context. Leading question. <laughs> uh, purely, because I always like to sort of ask because it's like the I've had people approach the question of 
what could I just play for hours and hours and hours and hours and, hours and, and like never get bored of it? I've had people that sort of approach it from like that. Oh, I could replay this a hundred times because it's nostalgically brilliant, um, and that, that's why I posed the question. Yeah. It's, it's hard because I I do hyperfixate on games, so it would change. But I think the most consistent one has been Bioshock. I mean, there are you know I, I don't like to use the phrase, but there are no wrong answers. Like it's okay, you can just your preference. There are in my heart. I'm going to finish <laughs> this podcast, and then I'm going to think, oh my god, I never thought about this game that I hold so dearly to my heart, and it's just gonna crush me and i'm gonna think about it for the next like three months i mean <laughs> watch me there are there are always there's always just too many games right too many i'll just tweet you if i change my mind just to do it yeah, justice hit me up i'll if you see <laughs> no a context random, allowed a random change in like the show notes like better yet just send me like a screenshot on a title and just yeah, like okay. we'll, we'll see if i get it <laughs> perfect <laughs> You'll be like, what yeah. you, uh... bit, oh i remember now i remember now um <laughs> uh, Okay, so I'm very conscious of your time. I've very, very, very much enjoyed this conversation so far. But I always like to turn the tables and offer you, the guest, the chance to ask me a question, if you would so like. I will warn, I've had the what would you take to the Desert Island disc one a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. But is there anything you'd like to ask me? Well, I won't do the Desert Island one just to avoid repetition in podcasts because that's no fun. Um, oh. Is there anyone that you would hate to have on your podcast? <laughs> um, I'm going to default to saying no, because like, I just, oh, I'm washing my hair. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> oh, no. That. What would be the worst thing that a podcast guest could do? Uh, just like, I don't start spouting like really bigoted, horrible things. Like that, that's the kind of thing that would not make the cut. That would just not wash with me. Because I, I, sure. I wouldn't want to sensationalize or trivialize like what they were saying and like make it an argument. You know what I mean? Like you, you touched on it yourself. Like I'll yeah. have a debate. I'm happy to discuss things, but like mm-hmm. I'm not here to like get into a fight for like oh spicy podcast debate content. S- yeah, it's oh, not fun. Spills over hashtag hot chips. Like you know, you won't of... believe what they said next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that type of yeah, like yeah. I, I ain't I ain't ragged on anyone who's like racket is that type of thing, but I'm just like you know, it's a certain it's a certain genre that I, I don't necessarily subscribe to. Both in terms mm-hmm. of that as a theoretical phrase, but also literally. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that I think that'll be the one. I might ask you off um podcast what you would take on Desert Island because I am curious because I always like knowing stuff like that. But yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Oh, that's fair. I, I've had some really like broad ranging questions. I think do you know what the mm. only other thing that like not that I wouldn't have, but I think that like I am like aware of of like what would I do in that situation? I think is if someone got like very quite emotional like during an episode because obviously you know mental health and all that type of thing. Like I don't know like, that would be like oh how would I manage that in the context of the episode more than like yeah that would be broad. difficult, especially if you know if you don't know them as well. Um, because you don't really know how to support them. So I guess that's that's tricky. But I suppose you could always preface, like, kind of what you did with me. You know whether questions are going to be super hard-hitting or not. So I guess you can plan in advance if you know that you might get emotional talking about certain things to so just be like, hey, I'm not comfortable talking about this or that or the other. Um, that's kind of one thing that I do with my other podcasts is that I ask them if there's anything they don't want to talk about and I will avoid it with as much as uh, power as I can do. So, yeah. That's why I kind of like send the questions out 
but like yeah i should probably start doing that because i then just get into the conversations that i can really wild stuff <laughs> like so the future of safe in our world then like hit me with the five-year plan and i don't mind though i get that stuff quite a lot so I'm, I'm always happy to talk about it and like i'm pretty much an open book so there isn't much that i won't talk about um so i i never have to tell anyone that i won't talk about certain things but um yeah i always like to give people the option just in case there's like a specific traumatic experience that they're like yeah, i'd rather steer clear of that please fair you see look i'm learning learning from uh, what i would deem a much more senior professional um oh, stuff to, it. Love to see it um very lastly then this is the last thing before we truly wrap up um mm-hmm. but where is the best place for people to find you the links will be attached wherever you have found this so my platform of choice is twitter which is at rt party three um and i I tweet a lot of garbage on there, but sometimes there's like a gem. So, you know, you never know. Sometimes it might be good. So, you know, maybe go look <laughs> if you're interested. Um, I um, You can find anything to do with Safe in Our World at safeinourworld.org or at Safe in Our World on most social platforms. Um, and, oh, the Content Cafe podcast, you can find on Twitter at Content Cafe Pod or anchor.fm slash Content Cafe Pod. And I think that's all I've got to plug. Okay, awesome. That's great. Um, Rosie, thank you very much for joining me on the show. I have been thank you psyched very much for having me. to be with you. I said the nice. thing. Nice. Um, for now, for our the thing. visual uh, viewers, uh, audience members, I'll move it to the end of the screen whenever I can find it, and then we will sign off. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and, yeah, take it easy. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Psyched to be with you. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. If you did, do please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps. Uh, Otherwise, check out the description of the episode for the links for the guest, but also uh, to keep up with information about the show and myself. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this listen. Uh, Until next time, take it easy. Look after your mind, body, and soul. And I'll see you again for another episode very, very soon. Bye-bye.